This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new episode of Mercado and Manning, the weekly Media Week TV podcast. Some great shows to talk about today. We've got a movie. Uh, we've got the interesting, quirky TV series. We've got a bit of advance warning of a couple of um, great things to watch out for. Joining me to talk about this, Andrew Mercado. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, James. How was your week? Um, pretty good, actually. Pretty good. It, um, they all fly by, but uh, this this one's been interesting. It seems like there's been a TV's backed off a little bit. I've been sort of catching up with a few things. I finally finished uh, Pistol, that, that series about the Sex Pistols, and, gee, I really yep. enjoyed the last few episodes of that. So um, I was very happy about that. So I've, I've ticked that one off. There's still got a few things outstanding. Uh, how about you? Well, I've had laptop issues, so I haven't been able to watch a lot of the previews this week. So I decided to try and finish off some shows we've been talking about and bloody hell, James, <laughs> under the banner of heaven, I'm still working my way through it. You know, I'm working my way through it because you told me the last episode is so good. But, oh, wow, it's just such an awful story about such awful people. <laughs> I'm really having a lot of trouble working through it. Yeah, look, they're not, um, they're not, um, yeah, they're not, they're not good people, are they? Um, no. and everything they do in the name of the Lord, of course, but um, which makes it even a bit more grating. But um, yeah, I, I just thought the acting was really good. I think it's a great cast. I just really enjoyed watching their work, and um, you know, yeah, I, I think it's worth. And as I said that last episode, I had a few problems with it, but I, th I think it's worth um, persevering and, and getting through it if you can. Look, the um, series that you recommended me that I did watch, though. All of it, practically yeah. in one night. Oh, Huge yes. thumbs up with Andy, with Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake. Oh, he was so good as the, you know, uncredited sheriff. So that was, uh, isn't Disney Plus killing it at the moment? In fact, I think I read today that they've just passed Netflix in terms of subscribers. I don't know whether it's worldwide or in America, but they certainly seem to be the one that I'm spending the most time on at the moment. Yeah, no, you're right. I think they've overtaken Netflix globally. Um, the other interesting yeah. thing is they've also put up their price. Um, wow, have they? Reasonably substantially, yeah. There, I think the the old price is now the price you pay to watch it with ads. Yep. And if you want ad free, you're going to have to pay a little bit more. So you can see the business model there. Um, oh yeah. But um, yeah, interesting. I, I'm I'm not sure if that'll slow their growth, but it's it's all about the content, isn't it? I think people, I'll, I won't mind paying a couple of dollars more if they keep this sort of quality content coming. It's um, sure, it's it's well worth it. Yeah, Candy is a brilliant piece of TV, isn't it? It's um, it's really good. There again, that last episode is uh is pretty brutal, isn't it? Pretty gruesome. But, you know, the other uh, big success that Disney Plus have had in the past week, and it's not for me to watch and it's not your cup of tea either, but Prey, this movie, which is the latest in the Predator franchise, uh -huh. which they've set back uh, with Native Americans and a female lead, and it is getting incredible, like 
five-star reviews and uh, they're saying it's their most watched movie ever. Uh, so, yeah, well done to Disney+. Plus. They're certainly uh, kicking a lot of goals at the moment. And I think what people appreciate, certainly I do, is the creative freedom, the the um, the, the storytellers seem to have, you know, like Pistol has had some, <laughs> some very sort of confrontational um, language, um, scenes that you just, you know, that you just don't see much um, on TV. And it was great just getting that real feel of what, you know, what was probably happening in the 70s in London um, when yeah. this band rose up there. Towards the end of it, they're, they're the Sid Vicious sort of episodes uh, are pretty wild. Again, that's hard to watch some of that stuff, um, what happened to him and Nancy towards the end and that amazing tour they did of the US um, that sort of was their sort of final shows. I mean, uh, it was yeah. like I think the last time the Beatles played was in the US. I mean, there's not much of a comparison elsewhere, but the, the Sex Pistols also uh, came to, to grief uh, in the, the US as well. But it's, um, it's just really well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, the f first thing I wanted to start with this week is, um, as, look, to be honest, I didn't know much about this when it came out as a movie. I think it opened the Sydney Film Festival last year. It's called Here Out West. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's almost a compilation of, um, short stories wound together in one sort of narrative. Um, and it's just an amazing piece of TV. It's going to be on the ABC a couple of days after we watch, after we record this. So if you miss the broadcast screening, it'll certainly be on iView. I've watched it all. Um, it's co-production from a company called Co-Curious and Emerald. And it's um, just a wonderful little piece of um, what, what is now television. Yeah, it's sort of like an anthology movie. You're right. It's a whole bunch of short films with one central narrative that's going through it. Uh, with a that role seems to be getting played by Genevieve Lemon, who is such a fantastic actress. Um, I would watch her in just about anything. So yeah, I've watched the first half hour of it. I just got my laptop back an hour ago, so <laughs> I. Uh, I tried to knock it off before the podcast, but, yeah, of course, it's a new Australian film um, screening on ABC Sunday at 8.30pm, and, of course, there it will be on iView. And you're right, it opened the Sydney Film Festival this year. It's um, And at the it's interesting the having a, look, a little look at the, the uh, two production companies I mentioned. Co-Curious um, is a sort of a collective, if you like, of um, people and their sort of their aim is to identify new storytellers um, who reflect contemporary Australia. And they've certainly ticked oh. the box big time with this um, with this movie. And it's got some sort of established creative um, people involved as well as, as as a sort of a big range of newcomers. And they, they all work beautifully together. I guess the two main creatives that people might know about is uh, Leah Purcell and Anna Kokakinos. Yep. Uh, no, Kokinos, yeah. I think, is the, is the pronunciation. Excuse me there. But, look, can we talk a little bit about Leah Purcell? I mean, wow. How does she find the time to do everything that she, you know, that she gets involved with? I know. She seems to have been working nonstop, doesn't she? I mean, she did that last series of Wentworth. She uh, starred in and directed her own movie, The Drover's Wife, uh, which came out in cinemas 
And yeah, um, here out west, I mean, I'm reading things about here out west that, you know, uh, this will be, this will do for a whole bunch of multicultural actors, writers, people who worked on these films, what Redfern now did all those years ago for a new talent pool of Indigenous artists. So, yeah, it sounds really, really exciting uh, and I'm thrilled that uh, it's it seems to be working as well as it does. Yeah, that um, you, you mentioned The Drover's Wife there, Leah Purcell's movie. Look, she... May I just talk about that briefly? It's she it was um, based on a Henry Lawson poem, I think. Then she adapted right. it for the stage. She she wrote a stage play out of it. She turned that into a novel. Then she did the since she wrote the novel, she turned it into a movie. She not only um wrote it, produced it, directed it, she starred in it. Um yeah. just just amazing. That opens actually opens in the US next week, and they're under the wow. name. Uh, the legend of Molly Johnson, because I guess the driver's oh. wife doesn't mean a lot, perhaps to the um, to a US audience. So it'd be fascinating to see how it does. I checked the box office takings; it's done about um, two million dollars so far. I guess from a bit of European and some Australian release, but let's hope that uh, the US dollars flow a little bit because it's been it's got good reviews wherever I've seen reviews about it. Yeah. Um, now, listen, the next thing I wanted to get to was The Resort, a, a, a series that launched on Stan, mm, I don't know, I'm thinking a, a few weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago. There's, um, I sorry? I think it was a couple of weeks. I remember seeing the huge billboards when I was up on the Gold Coast. There was a huge billboard for it uh, saying it was coming. But you're right, it just kind of slipped me by. But I watched the first episode uh, because you said you wanted to talk about it today. How many apps have you watched? I think I'm up to three. There's 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 eight episodes in the series. They're just over half an hour. So it's, it's a reasonably easy watch to, to get through. Um, so you're going to be eight apps. There's four up so far. Uh, five probably by the time we finish this podcast or shortly thereafter. Um, what what did you think so far? Well, for some reason, I just looked at it and went, oh, I don't want to watch that. And then I thought, well, I better. Um, <laughs> and so I was surprised. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought... You know, I mean, the premise of it is that a couple go on holidays to a resort and they uh, uncover evidence uh, about some some people who disappeared uh, near this resort many, many years ago. And I guess uh, I didn't realise that the story would also be about that the couple who are kind of driving this story, it's clear that they have problems in their relationship. And I can see how it's going to run now. Clearly, uh, them investigating this disappearance is going to bring them closer together and, you know, you know, revive their marriage, so to speak. So it's a pretty good premise. Yeah, I, I, I was a bit like you. I um, didn't grab me on first viewing part way through that first episode. I thought, oh, how much do I care about these characters? You know, the story didn't really seem to be going anywhere then. Um, yeah, it's the 10th anniversary for Noah and Emma. It's a pretty monotonous marriage they sort of found themselves in. She's wondering if it's maybe time to get out then. They're going off on a sort of adventure day, um, sort of riding through the jungle. It's set in uh, Mexico. They actually filmed it in Mexico plus Puerto Rico, I think. And they're off on an adventure day. She falls off a little um, 
what are they riding a sort of a little mini tractors thing they're going through the jungle on and she stumbles oh, across a, an old mobile phone um she sort of takes out the um sim card i think and puts it in another phone and and it sort of the plot sort of evolves from there there's a sort of missing person involved there's a mysterious sort of um I don't know business connections sort of um and it's all very secretive and people just don't want to talk about the things they start to um find out so be interesting to see where it goes yeah yeah interesting um now the uh we mentioned um Disney Plus and how well they're doing the as the as we record this today it's actually the first anniversary of Paramount Plus it seems you've got to have a plus on your on your name these days to make it in the streaming world and um it's interesting just sort of looking back at, at Paramount Plus and they've had some pretty good stuff this year that we've talked about haven't they look they started off really slowly let's uh, be yeah. frank here when they originally launched you were going why would anyone pay for this but you know Slowly but surely, they've started stacking up the shows, and well done to them too. They've also made a lot of uh, local content as well. I mean, people who were watching Five Bedrooms on Ten, some of them might have been pissed off that it seemed to go direct to Paramount Plus. But look, those episodes of Five Bedroom seem to be a lot of that uh, content is migrating to Ten eventually. So if you want to see them first, you pay the money for Paramount Plus. I thought Five Bedrooms was great spreadsheet mm, i didn't think that was too no. great but i know they've got a reality series now couples therapy uh they're about to launch another reality series the bridge australia which i've got to admit um reading about it i just assumed this was going on 10. it's interesting <laughs> to read that they're mm. putting a reality series on 10 and you've got beverly mcgarvey uh telling tv tonight this is not this gives them a chance to make a reality TV show that can be a bit different to the sort of stuff they would usually make for free-to-air TV. So that kind of uh, has me uh, interested. Yeah, and I should point out she also talked to Media Week about this too, Andrew. <laughs> but um, well, maybe I read it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, they they both did good stories this week on um, on 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 the, the the anniversary and spoke to Bev McGarvey. But yeah, the um yeah, she what she was saying was that they don't need to have that sort of um that result every episode, like a, a winner or a loser. Yeah. You can you can sort of draw it out and get a little bit deeper into into what happens. And I think they actually build a bridge, don't they? The people in this series. So it um it sounds, it sounds pretty fascinating. I think it's set down in Tasmania. Right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. look, I'll, I'll uh, tune into that first episode and, and see what's going on. The concept has me very curious. Yeah, look, they're still not releasing any audience numbers for Paramount+, Plus, which makes you think, well, it's still a work in progress because as soon as people, you know, are are number one they start to put out their numbers what they do claim to be is the fastest growing and they've got had some pretty interesting um international sort of series that have got a you know an audience in australia and globally i think um 1883 uh, a lot of people signed yeah. up for that because it was like a prequel to is it yellowstone isn't it that Correct. That, that was a prequel to and look i i started yellowstone but I, I, because there's just now, now there's something like five seasons and it's become too daunting for me to go back to it. Yeah. But that's on my yeah. list as, 
giving it some time. Um, Halo, I watched the first episode of Halo. Not my cup of tea, but look, it's very well done. Um, the Gilded Age, I think we both started that. Again, I didn't yeah. stick with it. I'm not sure if you did. Yeah, I watched it all, The Gilded Age. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. no doubt hobby yet, um, but, you know, I, 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 I had to watch it to the end. I was sure. Yeah, and they had the story about the making of the Godfather. I think that was on Paramount Plus too, if I'm uh, remember correctly. Yeah, so, which well, that's was, was still my favorite series of the year, The Offer. Yeah, uh, and the, and then the other show that they've had, which has been a slow burn for them, is Yellow Jackets. You know, with Melanie Linsky and Christina Ricci about the uh, plane of uh, sports girls that crash, and oh, yes. clearly something really sinister goes on and then you pick them up years later uh so you're flashing back to find out what they did and then seeing them live their current lives that's been a real slow burn for them and i've got to admit i'm uh i haven't quite finished it myself yeah the now they've um is there a book out on number 96 and you're the person who asked about this but i don't know much about it i just saw a headline yeah, no, it's definitely out. Uh, I emceed the launch in Sydney on Sunday at the Wallara Hotel just around the corner from the real number 96 building. And there's a great story behind this book. So 25 years ago when the TV series was celebrating its 25th anniversary, a group of the actors, Norma Whitaker, who pl- Norma Whitaker played by Sheila Kennelly and uh, Elaine Lee, who played Vera Collins, they decided to write individual chapters on their experience making the show and get them into a book. And so they wrote it and they took it around to the publishing companies and nobody was interested. So we flash forward 25 years to what is now the 50th anniversary of the TV series that memorably was the night that Australian TV lost its virginity and Nigel Giles, who'd written the kind of definitive book on number 96 a few years back, uh, he was contacted by Sheila Kennelly, who said, look, I just found these chapters in the garage. You know, what? do you want to have a read of them? And, you know, I wonder what I could do with them. And he now works for the publishing company that published his book. So oh. he went to them and said, do you want to put out another book? And they said yes. So he's now contacted another 12 or 15 actors and put together yet another book on it. Uh, and it's so fantastic hearing the actors tell the story of this phenomenal TV success. I mean, did you know, James, that at its peak there was a worldwide company that came out from America and they were doing this uh, survey all around the world and they declared that number 96 was the highest rating TV show in the world, uh, uh, pro-population, pro-capita head or whatever. I mean, that's how big this show was and that's why we've still got multiple books about it coming out all these years later. So, yeah, it's called the number 96th uh, 50th anniversary album. Uh, I launched the book on Sunday and then I got on the train and I don't think I looked up from Central Station until I realised the train was at the end and I was uh, here at Newcastle. I just, you know, inhaled it. I've got a feeling, did they launch his previous book at the same pub or or they, another one up the road maybe? There's another pub nearby. 
Yeah, they do. I mean, obviously, when you're doing anything like that, if you, you know, they they always are, have been having. I remember launching one of the DVDs through Umbrella Entertainment and getting all the cast to do a new photo outside the building. And yeah, then we okay. head up to the the pubs for lunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, have you, is there a story you told me once about some missing episodes too of number 96? Well, it's terrible. You know, here was the show that was the highest rating TV show in the world, the show that put broke every queer milestone on TV before the rest of the world, the first gay characters, the first bisexuals, the first trans character ever played by a trans actress when Carlotta starred on the show, the first lesbians, and yet... Because it was being made in 1972 in black and white and then halfway through converted to colour because Colour TV started in Australia in 1975, Bill Harmon, the American producer, who was so spot on with casting and stories and running what everyone associated with the show said was one of the tightest and best produced TV shows that they ever worked on, Bill Harmon could not be convinced that anybody would ever want to watch number 96 again. So when Australian TV converted from black and white to colour, they threw out hundreds and hundreds of those first episodes in black and white. Uh, They saved all the colour episodes, so from halfway through to the end. But, oh, look, to think that they threw out those gritty, groundbreaking early years when you think, you know, nobody else in the world did that. They saved every episode of Doctor Who. They saved every episode of Coronation Street. But we threw out number 96, a show that was more groundbreaking than, than all of them put together. It's an absolute tragedy. Yeah, yeah, no, it is indeed. Okay, so, yeah, look look out for that book. Um, something I wanted to do was just alert. I, I mentioned this earlier before um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. I mentioned uh, The Drover's Wife or uh, um, a.k.a. The Legend of Molly Johnson, how that's had an international release, that um, the newsread is being screened in the UK and that's that's had some great reviews um, there and it's um, I think it's doing pretty well. And... Uh, also launching um, this week on, I think it's on the BBC here, is the second season of The Secret She Keeps. I haven't caught ah. up with that that yet, but you watched, I think you talked about that earlier this year, but it's been getting some great reviews as well. So Aussie dramas are doing very well in the UK at present. That's really great. So the second series of The Secret She Keeps is on Paramount Plus as an exclusive for now. And I guess the the English attraction there is Laura Carmichael from yep. Downton Abbey. Uh, so, yeah, I can understand why they're interested in watching it. You know, I'm, I, I think the second season, it seems a bit convoluted to me. Seems like it's trying it a bit hard. But, you know, I watched the second episode the other night and thought, oh, yeah, this is one that I'll, I'll have to go back to and finish at some point. Yeah. I've got something to finish up with today, a, a couple of um, sort of a programming alerts I'll, I'll finish with today. But before we get to that, I'm, we should um, – the week can't go by without acknowledging the uh, career of Olivia Newton-John. Um, yeah. You were a big fan, of course, and um, something you write about in your Media Week column this week is she was quite prolific on television as well as um, a musical career and movies, of course. 
Well, this is the thing. I mean, she was an international superstar when it came to music, when it came to movies, when it came to fashion, when it came to her environmental work, when it came to her, you know, fighting cancer, fundraising. I mean, what didn't she do? But, yeah, I decided for my uh, Media Week column this week to write about Olivia's career as seen through TV because it was re- it's really quite fascinating to think that, you know, she started off, her whole career started off on music shows here on Australian TV in the 1960s. Then she goes to America and then she's headlining her own variety TV specials over there. And But, of course, you know, every time she came back to Australia, she did every talk show uh, she could. She'd be on Rove or the Don Lane show. And, you know, I've actually, it, it made me remember a few of her Australian TV appearances that are largely forgotten today. So, yeah, to have a look at the Australian TV career of Olivia Newton-John, uh, check out my column. And I also talk about how um, Australian TV reacted uh, to the news of her passing um, and uh, what happened when Nine and Seven went head-to-head with uh, replaying Grease and the Olivia miniseries. Okay, good stuff. Um, my sort of programming alert I'll, I'll end this this episode on is now set aside the weekend of um, September three and four. The ABC has secured a couple of um, a couple of good pieces of um, TV, which I think you'll be pretty interested in too, Andrew. And um, the first I wanted to mention is Marriage with Sean Bean and Nicola Walker. Now, well, what oh, yeah. a um, what a casting coup that is to have those two together. Um, this is um, from the the person, uh, the creative behind Mum, that series with Leslie Manville. I know you're a big fan of uh, Andrew yeah, Stefan uh, Stefan Golachevsky. He's managed to put these two together. Uh, it examines a, a twenty five a twenty seven year relationship. Now I've been reading a little because I've had some great press that they're on the cover of um, I think the Radio Times this week. So there's some great uh, great interview in there. But there was a, an even better interview with Sean Bean um, the week before last. I think it was in the Sunday Times or the the Times Magazine. Anyway, it was uh, it's worth looking up if you want to find it online. But between the the um the two stars there's been six marriages right um ah. but but get this Sean Bean accounts for five of them so Whoa. so this this guy who's in a um in this it's a four episode drama looking at a 12, 27 year relationship he's been married 27 times it's quite funny hearing him talk about that and he says look it it proves I'm quite a romantic you know because I I keep going back and thinking oh okay that this one will be the one you know and and oh. then Nicola Walker in her Radio Times interview talks about how she's been married only once but then that was reluctantly because not because she didn't love a partner but because they thought look they had a child and just legally the in the UK that there's lots of reasons why being in a formal relationship um, it has some real benefits, you know, to to um, to especially a child if you're in that relationship and to the other partner as well. But but that and then also so that's the Saturday night. On the Sunday night, there's a new Australian drama called Savage River, which looks brilliant. Yeah. I don't know a lot about it yet, but we'll definitely be investigating both those series between now and when they both uh, premiere. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out to people: had I had a working laptop, I'd be talking. I would have <laughs> talked today about 
The Thief, His Wife and the Canoe, which is a new UK drama that's uh, about to begin on BBC First on Foxtel. And I'm also really fascinated about Five Days at Memorial, which is the new Apple TV Plus series which starts uh, this week starring Vera uh, Farmiga. Um, This is set at a hospital uh, in New Orleans uh, as Hurricane Katrina uh, hits that city. And there was talk that Ryan Murphy was going to turn this into a TV series and ultimately he didn't, Um, but, you know, uh, I'm I'm quite fascinated uh, by that Hurricane Katrina stuff. So, yeah, I'll definitely be checking out Five Days at Memorial. Fantastic. All right. Look, as usual, there's some good stuff there to watch, some um, good things there to look out for, and um, I, I'm going to try and tick off a few more series this week that have, have been uh, niggling at me. I, I don't think I've finished the offer yet either, so i really got to get my act together and um, and get through that one. And I really want to watch The um, the, the Drover's Wife too, which I think I can now, now uh, rent online, I'm pretty sure. It's, yeah, I don't no. think it's available for free on a streaming service yet, but I'm very happy to pay a few dollars to um, watch that one. Andrew, look, thanks for this week. If you, um, we'd like you to like or follow the Media Week podcast on, um, you can get it on the Media Week website under the um, audio um, vertical. You can listen on the listener app, which is uh, something we also recommend, or you can sort of uh, subscribe or follow us on uh, your favourite podcast platform if you just use Apple or any of the other options available. Don't forget to read Andrew's column every Friday in the Media Week Morning Report. It's also on MediaWeek.com. Com.au. You can uh, hit subscribe and get that uh, email into your inbox every day. Andrew, we'll uh, talk again soon. Thanks, James. Have a great week.